I think just in the simplest forms is always tell people not to find themselves in other people. And if you're thinking that you're not going to experience that, you know, I embrace my failures just as much as I embrace my successes. Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr. And I'm a former NFL running back, an author and thought leader who lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the Game Beyond the Game Talk That Talk as a place for thought-provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now, it's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr., Without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest for today, Demarius Bilbo, who is a former NFL player and Georgia Tech graduate and is now the hottest NFL agent in the country. I said it. His story is one of defying all the odds, including having been raised in a single-parent household from Moss Point, Mississippi, being an undrafted NFL player, playing only two years after a career-ending injury, and starting his own sports agency from scratch that has become one of the biggest success stories in all of sports history. He has most recently gained and garnered lots of attention after his company, Revolution Sports, was acquired by Rich Paul Clutch Sports Group to run the NFL division. Demarius' roster includes some heavy hitters such as pro bowlers Melvin Gordon, Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara, and his story is one of turning his passion into his purpose and changing the landscape of all sports not to mention he and prince are cut family y'all in the building family first so please welcome to marius bilbo round of applause stomp your feet wherever you are (laughs) thanks for being here in your cutoff i i should i should close the interview right now you will not be disrespecting i'm just kidding thank you for being here man how are you feeling bless uh despite all odds with this covid and pandemic i think we all are blessed to be breathing so yeah heck yeah i would say that every day above ground is a good day okay so awesome so let's jump right into this you know a a topic of discussion has been the lack of professional education with athletes why is that near and dear to you why is that important and why should other athletes want to listen up um i think uh when you think of just the definition and the title of professional athlete, most of us as, as student athletes, we strive to become professional athlete, right? Uh, I don't know one player that entered college uh, as a student athlete that didn't want to go pro, regardless of the sport. You know, that's our passions and, and we want that to become our purpose. Um, but all of us don't make it. We know the numbers. We know the, you know, the odds that are against us in terms of making it pro. So it's one of those things where, you know, I feel that, just as much emphasis that's being put on the athlete, it needs to be put on the professional. Just as much emphasis that needs to be put on, um, that, that's put on the athlete needs to be put on the student, right? Because with all those titles, you know, uh, student comes before athlete, professional comes before athlete. So obviously it comes first for a reason because it's, it's, it's more important, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my theory. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that theory. And, you know, kind of moving forward, your transition, you know, there was, you know, career-ending injury. So what helped you in your transition? What made you decide, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna choose this route. This is my lane. And this is going to be the beginning of something special. Well, let me correct you. It really wasn't a career-ending injury. It was more of an injury okay. that led to me just my passion for the game had left. You know, um, 
really uh, my redshirt sophomore year when I was moved from quarterback to wide receiver. Um, that was one of those things where it really clicked that I didn't have control over the game. Any coach, you know, any recruiter can come in and, and change my position and everything I've worked for. It didn't matter how much I worked out or watched film or how much I thought I performed, you know, to the level that was going to get me to the next level. I didn't have the control. So that's when my professional button just clicked on. When I saw that, hey, my dream is to go to the NFL as a quarterback. New coach comes in. He don't see me as a quarterback. So he moves me to another position. So uh, when I got to the NFL as an undrafted guy, that passion was already gone. You know, I was just playing because that's all I knew, right? And uh, I started to be introduced by other people. I started to look at agents and, and, and what I call represents, representation across the industry of sports. And I didn't really see anybody that looked like me um, doing it at a high level. You know, I saw a lot of you know, guys that came in and, and sold and show these players these presentations, but they've never been in an athlete's shoes, right? So that's when I became passionate about wanting to represent guys that look like myself, you know, guys that I, I can relate to. So it wasn't a career-ending injury. It was more so, you know, uh, uh, what I wanted to become my purpose, I wasn't passionate about in terms of being a professional athlete. Thank you for that correction for sure. So taking control and captain, captaining, your own ship, if you will. What would you say is the most rewarding part of that happening and the most difficult part in that transition? Uh, I think the most rewarding is the longevity, right? Um, not all athletes can play forever. So I know that I'm in a position now to control my own you know, destiny and, like you said, captain my own ship. Uh, I think the most difficult was just uh, figuring it out on your own. You know, um, I didn't really have any mentors or many male you know, our professionals to kind of understand what life without sports was like. It's funny, in this, in this world, everybody talks about life after football. And most of the people that are talking about life after football are guys that never played football. Kinda like, that's kind of like me saying life after prison and I've never been to jail. I don't know what you're going through, you know. So it was more so giving up the game and making that transition without really seeing who's done it before me or having a person that was close to me saying that, these are the steps, A, B, and C. When you're ready to transition, these are the things you need to know. And obviously, I had an agent in both baseball and football, and neither one of my agents done did a real good job of expressing that to me. They, they, they mentioned it, but because they've never been in my shoes, they didn't really help me transition, right? What, so what, um, what made that light bulb switch go off in your, in your mind? Was it a... Was it a mentor or somebody that you saw or it was just like, you know, you know what? I'm going to do this and I'm not going to let anybody stop me. What was that? When did that happen? Well, I think it was two people in my early career at Georgia Tech. It was uh, a golf coach, Bruce, Bruce Hepler. Coach Hepler. <laughs> Shout out to Bruce. Buddy, uh, Coach Buddy Geis. You know, oh, um, Coach Geis. Shout out to Buddy Geis. Yeah. You know, it was a situation where I wanted to leave school. I tried to transfer. Obviously, Georgia Tech credits ain't going to many places. <laughs> but MIT, you know, um, so I sat and talked with those guys, and they really motivated me to, like, you know, you didn't come to Georgia Tech just to be a football player. You came to be a student first and an athlete. You know, take advantage of having this opportunity to get this degree, and everything will work out if you work hard. And I kind of took that, and, and then you start to look at players like, you know, PJ, who I have all these funny stories about PJ, but I think one of the funniest ones, we used to have to work out, work, wake up for 6 o'clock workouts, and we lived on the other side of campus, and we were standing at the bus stop waiting to catch rides and stuff, 
and we're in a car five, six, seven deep, and PJ's just running past us. <laughs> Where's this dude going? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we all had our adversity. I don't think there was a player that's played college football outside of Calvin Johnson that didn't have adversity. You know, but, um, you know, we all had our adversity, but it was more so just listening and looking and observing how everybody else was getting through their obstacles. You know, DeJuan Landry, who came in as a quarterback, moved to safety, ended up being all ACC and playing in the league for eight, nine years in the NFL. You know, things like that. And that what, that's what kind of inspired me to say, okay, you know, you, it's not to say all be all if you're not a professional athlete, right? You know, but uh, it was tough. But, you know, again, listening to Coach Hepler and, and Buddy Geis really motivated me to just really, you know, start focusing on that professional aspect of my life and my career. Mm. How do you think um, your upbringing has influenced all of your accomplishments? Um, I mean, being from Mississippi, I mean, I, now everybody knows about, you know, Devin Booker and, and those guys, you know, but uh, being from Mississippi, you know, is you don't see much success. You know, I look at everything that's going on in the nation now with uh, the, the, the racial inequalities and things like, I mean, I grew up, in that. you know, I grew up being called the N word and, you know, always having to, you know, uh, take it a step farther in terms of my mommy's always telling me like, it's never equal. With you you got to be earlier. You got to be smarter, you gotta be faster. You got to be a step ahead of everybody to get the same treatment, you know, as, as they're already afforded. So, you know, um, I was actually, most people don't know, I was actually committed to Tennessee as, as one of the top players in, in the country when I came to high school. And I took the visit to Georgia Tech and fell in love with Atlanta. And that was one of the things, because all these other visits I went on was more of a college campus. When I got to Atlanta, I started to see big buildings outside the college campus. So I fell in love with the business of what Atlanta could bring versus, you know, just the sports, right? And it worked out in my favor because it's one thing, you know, you can't take that Georgia Tech degree. So my upbringing, you know, single parent household, my mom never complained. You know, I have an older sister, younger brother, never once saw her complain. She always made a way. So I think when I moved, I, my, my position was moved for me. I'm not saying I moved, it was moved for me. Uh, I kind of applied everything I learned from my mom. Like, don't complain. You know, this is another setback, another obstacle speed bump, but you'll get over it. You know, just keep working hard. So, you know, I attribute that to my mom and, and the way she raises us. Yeah, Shout out to my auntie. Shout out to my auntie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's an amazing point. You mentioned, obviously, your mom and what she's taught you. Your son is gifted. He's also an athlete and a great, a great person, right? What did you pass on to him or what's kind of been easy for you to go, hey, boom, here, take this and do with it? Have you passed on any lessons to him thus far or what do you see in him that you see in yourself? Well, uh, just to, to sheer grit and determination. I mean, he went from, you know, just not understanding the game to like pushing himself. I never wanted to be that parent to, you know, push my kid beyond what I was comfortable you know, seeing them accomplish, you know, and a lot of people try to live through their kids. I think I've accomplished enough in sports to where I don't, I'm not trying to push my son if he's not comfortable with it, right? So uh, he went from, you know, just having a game, coming home, playing Fortnite, going outside to having a game, coming home, watching YouTube videos and, and, and wanting to go to bat and practice after a game, you know, so he's pushing himself, which, you know, I'm very proud of. But, you know, I think the most important thing is giving him access to different things. You know, um, I want to be that parent to where if my kid wants to go to school on an academic scholarship, he can do it. You, know, you don't have to go on an athlete scholarship. You can go and, and get internships at Fortune 500 companies. 
that he's exposed to more than just the game of sports. So I'm, I'm helping him develop a lot of passions outside of the game of sports, you know, so that if, if it doesn't work out, he's not disappointed. Right? He's getting in sports. If that's what he chooses to do, he's a phenomenal soccer player, great baseball player right now. You know, but he's 12 years old. You know, like you don't know where he's going to be in the next five to seven years when he starts getting recruited. You know, um, but he's he's naturally gifted and he he, he wants it right now. You know, but I want him to want other things outside of sports. Amazing. So obviously, you know, you're representing you know the the biggest and brightest folks. Are there qualities that you may look for in them, or that you want them to receive me as you kind of you know? grow as you all grow together and build a relationship are there things like hey that you want to pour into them as they approach this new life or new world that they that they're about to experience that they've yet to live yeah i think uh, you have to want to be educated right um i think uh one of my clients that you know this year jeff okuda from ohio state i mean he he's very intellectual as, as all the clients are but I mean, he seeks the knowledge. He reads a lot you know, every day. He's picking up something new to read. Um, he's already thinking about life after football. He hadn't played it down. He was the third pick overall in this draft by Detroit. But he's already positioning himself to be able to utilize the platform that's going to be afforded to him because of his natural God-given abilities, right? You know, um, my first client in my agency, Revolution, was Jarvis Landry. And, you know, God couldn't have blessed me, you know, even more so by giving that my first client. You know, he was my first client that I was able to kind of, you know, figure this thing out with and, and kind of put a template and a foundation in place and say, this is how I want to represent my guy. You know, you have to believe in your brand more than you believe in that team's brand. You have to believe in, you know, uh, your ability to be more than just a football player and, and really get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Learning to meet new people, not just fans, not just coaches, not just teammates, but get out in the community and meet people that could possibly help you transition, you know, just as easy as you transition into the league, you want to be able to have that same smooth transition out of the league. Wow. Man, so a lot of people didn't know that you, you know, you started your, your sports agency from scratch once you left um, from another one. Like, how much hard work did you have to put in to actually get that off the ground and to take to be in Jarvis Landry's uh, face. Speaking of that, shout out to Jarvis Landry. But just to be in his face and just to um, – and to be in his face and just allow him to gain your trust. You know, how hard was that? Uh, I don't think it was hard on the relationship side with connecting with the player because, you know, all athletes have that natural camaraderie, you know, that natural ability to connect. You know, I don't care what sport, we've all been in locker room, we've all been on the field to play, so it's, it's a little easier for us to connect. I think on the business side, the structure, those are things that I struggled with for years because you want to do so much, you, and, and if the agency is yours to own, you know, you want to be in control of everything. So it was, it was hard for me to delegate things like marketing, branding, post-career, and, and, and contracts, and delegate that to people, put people in place because I wanted to do everything and have the relationship with the player, right? So uh, I think coming from another agency, um, the guy I worked with who actually represented me, he was one of the best in the business, still is one of the best in the business. And I saw a lot of what to do and learn a lot of what not to do by working with him um, for five, six years after my career was over. So, you know, I came into business, I was fortunate enough to be a player and then go and work with an agency and help build one of the top agencies before I started my home. So I had a lot of on-the-job experience. Mm, that's beautiful, man. 
Wow. So would you say that internships, because I know this is something, I feel like years ago, this term has kind of died out since, but the internships or that learning on the job is important, heck, for players who are thinking about it. Let's say they're in high school and college and may feel like, all right, this is not the move. Where do they start? How do they become a Mr. Bilbo? Like, what would be some first steps you tell that person to take? Uh, I think more so is knowing what your purpose and your passion is, right? Uh, it, it's no different in date. You gotta go through it, you know, to know where you want to end up. You know, you need, most people don't date one girl and find a wife. You know what I'm saying? You find different personalities in each individual that you date. You know, you find different, you know, things that you can live with and things you can live without, right? And that's the same way with internships. Like everybody wants to be an agent uh, or everybody wants to be a professional athlete. But they forget there's so many more jobs in sports that are overlooked. You know. Uh, you have one of our guys who went to Georgia Tech, who's a great linebacker, James Lifford. So, PJ, you know James. Um, he has a very high position now with Houston, Texas. You know, and, and I see him in the next five years, maybe one of the younger GMs, general managers in the NFL. You know, and this is him taking his passion and loving the game of football, but turning it into more business, you know, uh, and, and doing high-level things, you know. There are the financial advisors that deal with athletes. There are the, the trainers. There are the physical therapists. There are the coaches. There's so Eric Henderson, one of our other buddies that played with us. And Eric was a phenomenal defensive end at Georgia Tech. You know, suffered a lot of injuries, played in the league for a couple of years. Now he's one of the best defensive line coaching Aaron Donald with the L.A. Rams. You know, so, you know, there are a lot of positions, you know, um, that you have to kind of figure out what's for you. Because I can tell you, this agent business is not for everybody. You know, it's, it's, it's a constant, but there's never, you know, a, a, a on and off day, right? There's always, you got to have your phone, which you got to have access to email. You have to be available to talk to clients and families, even when you don't want to at times. You know, I struggle with that, being able to turn it off because it's such a competitive business. You know, you feel like if you miss a phone call from a client, you got to send them a voicemail. You know, another agent is right up his back. Hey, man, I'll be there. You know, it's just that kind of business. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I think uh, in terms of internships and things, you know, that allows you to develop your passion and, and what ultimately becomes your purpose. Right? Oh, I, I know you're going to be in the move pretty well. Oh, go ahead, P. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I was going to say the same thing. He has to be on a move. I know you have to. If you want to, can you pause it and say, yeah. all right, pause I'll, it right now? Most definitely. I think, I think I've already sent you the link on your phone. So. Okay, let me check. All right. Cool, cool. We'll just do a little commercial break. All right, I'm going to jump in the car right now and. Give me two minutes. All right, cool, awesome. man. Yeah, without strain, man. Go ahead and uh, I'm actually connect right now. I'm actually connect right now. All right. Okay. Appreciate right. it. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's amazing, Pete. So thus far in the interview, what it what are you reminded of in being connected, you know, with your cousin and the times that have passed? What are you reminded of? Any memories or he mentioned you running down the street passing the car? <laughs> Anything that you're reminded of? Um, just reminded of the the, the hard work and dedication uh, that that he's speaking about, you know, I, I, it, run, it runs in us, you know, because uh, just growing up in Mississippi, it was like always like the eyes are against you. Yeah, being called the N-word, you know, it was called a tar baby when I was little. But for me, it, it never really affected me. It just went over my head and I just continued to keep laughing and, and having a smile on my face. So, um Whenever we had a chance to rekindle at Georgia Tech, and I saw um, saw him, and it was just my my he was a part of my support group. 
um, just reminded me, like, you know, um, hard work, you know, it never goes unnoticed. And so when, when they saw me at the bus stop running early in the morning, it was just me, somebody, you know, the coach at the time, I, I love to say his name, um, Bill O'Brien. Shout out to Bill O'Brien, too. <laughs> but Bill O'Brien told me that I stuck and that I wouldn't amount to anything. And um, and um, who's the head coach for the Houston Texans right now? I think the, the GM as well. You know, when he told me that, that just struck a, a match under me, and it just made me every morning, every single morning, I, I – I, I would wake up for workouts and I would run to workouts. I would work out, then I would run back because somebody had told me that I sucked and they was going to take my dream away from me. So I, I could not allow that to happen. So, you know, whenever I saw all my teammates all piled up in the car, five deep, seven, six to seven deep, you know, all I said to myself was just like, I'm, I got to be great. I'm going to be great. Somebody told me that I suck, that I never play at Georgia Tech and never make it to the NFL. I was like, all right, well, we're going to see about that. And so I had a chance to write my own story, man. So um, just – and that was that was around the time when I started gaining everyone's respect. You know, everyone was just like, this dude is possessed. And I was. I was not <laughs> going to allow nobody to stop me from doing anything that I wanted to do. Like, I, I can go to Georgia Tech and I can get an education, and I can also go to Georgia Tech and be the best uh, um, football player there and set records. And, and so, you know, it was just it was just a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, Demaris, from what I understand, you know, you give some pretty good advice. I know, you know, Prince has talked about, you know, wanting to quit and thinking about stepping away and you stepping in and the way of that. So two-part question, you know, what allows you to give, you know, good advice to folks that may be looking up to you or not know that they may need a good word? And what advice would you give to the younger version of you? You know, you've been through a lot. You've overcome a lot. Is there anything that you would tell the younger version of you as you look back on things that you've been through? Um, I think the advice comes from, you know, the wisdom of those that have come before you, right? Um, I think, you know, we always think as athletes that we have to listen to athletes. You know, we have to listen to, you know, uh, people who play the game. Those, those are some good mentors or people that can share advice. but. I just listen to older, more knowledgeable people, you know, because the great thing about sports is that you can learn a lot about life through sports, you know, in terms of adversity, you know, what are you able to handle? You know, just there's a lesson for every part of life involved in sports. So uh, I, I was always one to listen. So I got that old Mississippi wisdom, you know, that came from grandmas and, and grandpas and just the elders just sitting around listening to the talking and my grandma always told me at a younger age you know like you have two as much as you talk and my you know wisdom from and now that I am able to talk you know because we all know agents talk a lot you know um, now it's my turn to talk I actually listen and, and, and when I say things I think they resonate with people because you know I had that ability to when I was younger and it wasn't my turn to talk I really was able to just sit back and, and process and you know, listen to everything that was being shared, whether it was directed towards me or not, I took it in and I applied it. Um, I think in terms of what advice would I give my younger self is just, you know, continue to listen. You know, uh, I think you take that term again, student athlete, professional athlete. Um, both of those terms have something that'll fall off. The word athlete will fall off. But a student means, you know, one who gains knowledge, one who's educated and have an ability to learn, you can be a student the rest of your life. You know, 
um, athlete uh, will drop off. Professional athlete, athlete will drop off. So now you're left with professional. Uh, what do you understand about business? What is your knowledge of business? So I think my younger self, you know, continue to listening to these things and, and, and surround yourself with the buddy guises, you know, who had wisdom for days, you know, uh, the, the coach Hepler, who's a golf coach, you know, again, this guy had nothing to do with football, but to be able to go into his office and have that, that, that free range to talk to him and ask him, you know, why is this happening to me? I was a top prospect. I came to Georgia tech to be the starting quarterback and, you know, again, Bill O'Brien, who's now the head coach of the Houston Texans, like he made a man out of all of us. You know what I'm saying? He made – I mean, he had you some days feeling like you didn't even belong on a football field, you know, but he pushed us beyond what we thought we could push ourselves. So, you know, just having those people around us that affected and influenced us, you know, that's what made us, you know, successful people in life now because we went through the adversity and dealt with the tough situations you know, even when he, we didn't want to. So my younger self, you know, I think just being able to listen and not always trying to talk my way through something, but listen, you know, it helped me get to where I'm at, where I am today. So I'll, I'll just tell my younger self, keep listening. No, thank you for that piece. And to anyone listening or watching, and certainly athletes uh, who want to achieve at a high level or just a human being, that piece that you mentioned right there, just being willing to listen, because we often want to talk because we feel like we have something to say. But the moment we pause and realize that the folks around us have something to say and we can gain twice as much knowledge as when we speak one time is super powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Prince, what thoughts do you have, you know, right now? I'm, I'm uh, well, um, earlier, uh, Bill, Bill mentioned um, uh, the transition and what is it about the game of sports that makes it difficult for athletes to transition out of the game? Because I read a quote that 90% of athletes, um, whenever they retire from the game, they're uh, depressed, you know, um, have an identity crisis, and they're broke. So what, what, what's, what's difficult about that transition? Um, I think it more so has to deal with the exposure while you're in the game. Like, we're not exposed to much. You know, we have, this, we have this sheltered, you know, environment to where you think about this, PJ. When we were at Georgia Tech, we used to always eat at the AA, right? And then the day we go to, like, you know, 8th Street Diner or something like that, we in a whole other world. Because we, we finally are interacting with students that are not athletes, and, and we get to see what they go through. And, you know, these guys are having internships on the sun. We had that little bootleg Delta internship where – I was surprised Delta didn't go bankrupt with dealing with us, you know, <laughs> but we're not exposed to much. We, we're very sheltered. Most athletes are. Um, we have everything written for us, everything figured out for us. And again, we all have that passion and, and purpose to want to make it to the next level. You know, so we devote all of our time thinking about the next week. I remember, you know, again, not only you running to practice, but I remember just, you know, on weekends when we had off days, you guys going over to that turf field, just, you know, running and doing sprints versus, you know, a student that was probably a non-athlete. They probably were online or, you know, at a job shadowing someone. You know, we were always being pushed to get to that next level. And then, you know, when we get to that next level and it doesn't fully work out to, to our expectations, you know, we have a hard time transitioning. And even the ones that are successful, you take the Calvin Johnsons, you know, potential Hall of Fame, you know, likely almost sure Hall of Famer, 
you know, like I'm sure he didn't know when he woke up one day and retired that, you know, hey, now what does the rest of my life look like? Because he's <laughs> You're cutting up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. I think it all has to deal with again exposure, what we're exposed to, you know, how some of the doors. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, hear me now. Yeah, yeah we can. Hear, hear me now. Yes. Yeah, 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 we can. And you, you had mentioned something about Calvin. You was just like, you don't think he, you know, came out of the game and was just like, hey, I know what I want to do for the rest of my life, you know. Yeah, I mean, obviously Calvin has, you know, his family's like the Huxtables, you know what I'm saying? You know, they're very, very intelligent family. Mom always had them prepared, you know, but I'm I'm sure Calvin wasn't really, while he was in the game, he wasn't probably wasn't thinking about what do I do for the next 20, 30 years of my life, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, he had every door, everything opened up to him because he was Calvin Johnson, you know, the all-pro, you know, Pro Bowl athlete. But it's just something mentally that blocks us because we think that if we take away time from the game, training, working out, preparing, part of our mental is like we're, we're, we're leaving something on the table. You know what I'm saying? And that goes for every single athlete. You know, we want to be so great and we're so competitive. You know, we want to put 100% of our time into our sport because that's what we've been taught to do, right? Yeah. Thank you so much. And that's a great point for those folks watching, too, because folks that have achieved at the highest level still don't have it all figured out. So mapping that out and mentioning that is super important. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Prince. Um, no, I was going to ask you. So do you think for a remedy for, for this solution of the transition, um, do college athletes need to uh, – does the college athletic um, association needs to bridge the gap for those players to – uh, inform them and teach them about more beyond the game, or should the professional arena educate the players on you know how to transition out of the game? Um, I think it's a combination of both. I think uh, I don't know every university, but I do know you know Ohio State. You know they, they have a good program. You know where I think every Wednesday or Thursday they do something for the professional. You know. Um, they, they teach the guys. I think they have speakers come in. And I know even at Georgia Tech, you know, Lucy Stanford, who's still there, he did a great job, you know, preparing us and, and, and exposing us to different, you know, jobs and opportunities. You know, while we were student athletes, I know the NFL with the NFL Players Association, you know, Demore Reese and all those uh, people up in that department, they do a great job of performing. I think it's more, you know, personal with each athlete and, and what we're willing to accept in terms of what's being what we're exposing ourselves to, you know, are we willing to take, you know, still be able to give 100 percent to the game and to the sport, but also know that hey, there is an end season, there is an off season, there is ability for me to, you know, connect and communicate with other people that you know aren't coaches, aren't fans, you know, aren't people I'm doing marketing deals for. So I think it's more personal versus you know the resources around us because you can be exposed to everything but not have it in you to want to do anything, right? You know, um, and I know, you know, that was that was a part of me. You know, I just knew I was going to be an NFL quarterback. I just knew that if I keep watching film, if I keep working out, if I get stronger, faster, my arm, I just knew I was going to be there. 
And then that one curveball is thrown and, and you're caught off balance. And you're like, oh, damn, you know, can, oh, can we cuss on here? Yeah, 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 can. Absolutely. But damn, damn not a bad cuss word anyway. Yeah, so so you're, like, you're like, oh, man, like I'm, I'm off guard and I didn't see that coming. So, again, I think most of these universities, you know, they've seen too many, you know, stories of guys not making it, you know, to where, you know, that, that becomes a recruiting pitch. You know, if I'm going out for a five-star athlete, you know, I can't just say you're going to go to the NFL because we've seen so many before us not make it to the NFL. So they have to put the necessary resources and, you know, the matrix in place to say, you know, this is if you come to Ohio State, if you come to Alabama, if you come to the University of Florida, Georgia, Georgia Tech, you know, if you don't go to the league, this is what's going to be afforded to you. And these are the resources that we're going to place in your life, you know, to make sure you're successful because nobody just wants to be successful in sports. You want to be successful in life. You know, and, and, and like you said, with PJ, you know, he was a big part of my support system. He he pushed me to, you know, want to be better and, and actually accept the position switch because of me seeing him not complain. And, and when a coach told him, you know, it was, it was either one or two things for PJ. It was like, do I do I kill Coach OB and hide his body in the closet or do I just work hard to prove him wrong? You know, and he proved him wrong. And he you led the you led the conference in rushing, what, two years in a row? Yep. You know, and still got the, you know, the uh, the bowl record for rushing yards. Did somebody yeah. break that yet? No, no, no. That's nope. still what? That's like a 12-year – well, how many years is that since you broke that record? 2004. 16. 16-year yeah. record that's still there. You know, so these are things that you find people, you know, that want it in the same way we are competitive in, you know, sports. I think – all right, man, have a good practice. Love it. Um, the same way we're competitive in sports, I think we need to, you know, put that into other areas of our life and say, look, just as good as I am as a running back for Georgia or Georgia Tech or a quarterback, you know, I look at Reggie Ball, you know, the quarterback who actually, you know, replaced me. You know, Reggie Ball is, is doing phenomenal right now in terms of taking his passion for health and fitness and wellness. And he, he's running a, a shop, you know what I'm saying? He has clients out the Woosah. And, you know, when you think back Reggie, you know, you didn't think Reggie was going to be the guy telling people to work out because Reggie was, you know, Reggie was in the weight room. He was getting it in, but, you know, Reggie was doing Reggie. You know, he was like, ooh, I'm, I'm right. going to do this. I'm going I'm to I'm 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 go about my business, you know. But you see how people change and they actually take the passion and make it their purpose. And I think that's a big thing that regardless of what the NFL, NBA, NFL, PA, you know, the university, regardless of what they're putting in front of you, you have to want to make it your purpose. You have to want to apply to your life and, and, and be successful enough to say, I'm going to take advantage of this even when I don't have to or even when I don't need it, you know? Yeah, right. amazing, man. man. Appreciate that big time. Yeah. For me, I just have, you know, one question left, and that's like, you know, you're a competitive person, you're driven, you're focused. What's next for you? You know, what do you see? What would you... Yeah, what would you like to be next? What What do you feel is next? What's on deck for you to be like, you know what? This is what I'm knocking out. Uh, that's a good question. I think uh, this partnership with Clutch, uh, obviously we all know world-famous Rich Paul. You know, he he is nothing short of amazing. Just the person he is, the way he conducts business, the way he inspires everybody to, to be better. And obviously we know the LeBron James and Anthony Davis of the world, but his ability to, to treat all clients like they're stars and like they have a purpose outside of their, their, their respective sport, you know, to see him 
go out and do a partnership with United Talent Agency and be, you know, one of the first African-Americans to have a major firm, Hollywood Talent Agency, put resources behind him and allow him to keep his name clutch. You know, that's that's something that inspires you in within itself, you know, and I think being able to work aside people like him and and his CEO, Farrah, Farrah Leaf and you know, uh, the president of marketing, uh, Marquise Watts, who came over from Adidas. It's just being around these people, Jeremy Zimmer at UTA, just watching these people and how they go about their everyday lives and just inspiring those around them. Like, uh, I appreciate the comment of uh, calling me one of the best agents, but I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be the best agent. I'm just trying to be the best form of representation for any athlete that I come in contact. And I'm not going to always be successful. You know, I've had some 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 good and some bad with clients, and that's part of the business. You know, uh, uh, we're dealing with usually very emotional, you know, high energy young men who are driven and all competitive. So, you know, my style of representation, you know, you always leave yourself wondering, did I do enough? Am I doing enough? You know, did I connect with that guy at the level in which was received by him? Am I helping him? you know, uh, not just be a better football player. Cause we, we can't play for these players, but we can't help them prepare. You know, so I think what's left for me to accomplish is just continue to grow within myself, understand my flaws, you know, um, know that, you know, in the competitive industry, I'm not competing with everybody else. You know, I'm doing what I can do and what the Lord has allowed me to do by using my ability that he's blessed me with, you know, to kind of leave that imprint on in each person. You know, I'm looking at a guy like Jarvis Landry and he's going to his seventh year in the league and, I think he's made five Pro Bowls in, in seven years. I think it was only one year he didn't make a Pro Bowl. And I still remember better than any memory I have of Jarvis Landry what he told me on draft night when he saw 12, 13 receivers go before him. You know, you just see it in his face that, you know, through the tears and through all the emotion of, of hearing his name called finally with the Dolphins in the second round, he just told me how great he was going to be. You know, and every team that passed to him and every receiver that went before him, even his buddy Odell Beckham was going was going to pay, you know, and to see him actually living this out and knowing that that same determination, if I just push him to be use that same determination, that same grit and want to, if I push him beyond football to say, hey, the same thing you told me on draft night, talk to me 10 years later, 12 years later when your career is over, let's take that to business, you know. Those are the type of things that I want to accomplish. And, you know, because I can't help these guys be better football players, but I can't help them be better businessmen, better professionals, better, you know, community leaders, better fathers and, and husbands and things like that. So that's that's my goal, just complete uh, uh, to create a complete holistic environment for the clients, you know, through clubs, through UTA. You know, by using every resource we have available. Y'all hear me? Yeah, no, you're back now. <laughs> you're back yeah. now. Thank you very much. Yeah, we see you. Thank you very much. Can you hear us? Uh, All right, yeah. Can you hear Prince, yeah. any final thoughts or final questions from you? Oh, wait. Uh, uh, He's like, uh, I know. <laughs> Pretty sure he'll come back. Um, uh, any final words and thoughts from me? Um, is he coming back? Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, 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 there's a couple of things. I want to try, I'll try to keep this short. Um, game beyond the game is changing the mindsets and the expectations for athletes um, of how they view themselves. And, uh, you know, just having a, a, um, 
a a high level image of who they are and making sure that they um, have a mindset and a purpose to carry that out and just to be, you know, the incredible human being that they are. That's one. And then two, um, Bill, I want to tell you, man, you know, because I love you, man, because that day when I decided to walk off the field, you grabbed me. And I'll never forget, you had told me, you said, P, you said, uh, you said, pick your head up and let's grind. And I was so mad at you for saying that. He's like, let's go back to practice. Let's go back to practice. I was like, man, I was like, Bill, let me go, man. He's just like, cuz I'm not gonna let you, I'm not gonna let you walk out like this. You didn't work so hard. He said, and you were like, come on, let's go. And you grabbed my shoulder pads, and I was just like, cuz you get off me, let me go. <laughs> and 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 you put your arm around me, and we walked back to the field. And you know, from that day forward, like I never looked back. And it, it's just, it's I just want to tell you that I love you for that because you didn't have to do that. And you were the only one that was there because, you know, I guess you were the only one that saw me and, and, and believed in me from, from day one. I mean, yeah, we're family, but still, it was just that day I was going through so many emotions, man, and you grabbed me and you were just like, let's go. We in this together. And shoot, look where we are now, man. So I, I really do appreciate you. I love your support, man. I love who you are. I'm proud of you. I'm super proud of you. You know, I don't think uh, men say that enough to each other. But I'm gonna tell you, that I'm proud of you, and I'm, I'm, you are a representation and the epitome of, of excellence. So, thank you. I appreciate that, PJ. Love you too, man. Love yeah. you too. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. And we, we usually ask this question: um, if, if there was some advice that you had to give Aiden and Cam, um, if if you knew that you know you, you had a couple of days left in in this world, and and Cat. Damn, is that? Huh? <laughs> it's Damn, a deep question. Trying to give me Corona? Damn. Like, <laughs> try to, try to, get, at least, at least two years, not a couple not a couple of days while I'm driving. As I'm driving, you say some stuff like that. Come oh, on, God forbid, man. man. Knocking on wood. Knocking on wood. I got you. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. Um, but what, what would be some of the things that you would want to say to them or, or impart them? What type of wisdom that you would want to impart on them? You know, just to just so that they can remember for the rest of their lives. Um, it's funny you say that because I actually have uh, it's like literally uh, a book like has like a a hard cover on it, and it has a Bible verse, you know, on the front of it. Uh, and I always write notes, like literally probably once a week. I write a note to Aiden. And it's like life lessons, you know what I'm saying? And um, it, it has things like as simple as, you know, look a man in his eye when you talk to him, you know, never make a promise that you can't keep, you know, it's simple. But then it has deeper things like, you know, as we talk about all these race relations, you know, don't judge a person, how they look, how they act or how they, you know, talk or think, you know, those type things. So um, I think uh, just in the simplest forms is I always tell people not to find themselves in other people. You know, I think we live in a world where, you know, we're always looking for likes and, you know, approval from other people. You know, we always created by, regardless of what your beliefs are, I believe in my father and my savior, Jesus Christ. And I think that having that ability to not seek approval from anyone but him. And I think that's the thing that keeps me going, you know, because uh, we're not perfect, you know, by a long shot, nobody's perfect. You know, we all fail and we fall short of his glory, you know, so I think, you know, just having my kids understand that, you know, life is real. Disappointment is real. 
you know, uh, obstacles and setbacks, they, they are real. And if you're thinking that you're not going to experience that, you know, I embrace my failures just as much as I embrace my successes, you know, and I think if you have that approach and you can do that and do it consistently, I think that's something that'll get you through any day, any day, you know, and I say when you, when you go back to that moment when I grabbed you off the field, uh, when you were walking off the field, I think I have an ability and I've always been blessed with this, something God blessed me with, to put myself in other people's shoes, right? You know, uh, if I was that person, if I was PJ Daniel and I was walking off the field, what I want all my teammates to look at me and, and say, oh, there go PJ, he gone, we got to replace him. Or would I want somebody to come and grab me and, and just say something to me that may change my perspective or, you know, bring me down from that emotional high that I'm experiencing at that time, you know? And I think that, you know, if I was given, you know, advice to my kids, I would always want them to, you know, again, put yourself in other people's shoes, you know, uh, understand that, you know, people all have their journey. We all have, you know, a path that we're trying to take to get to where we want to be. And it's not always easy, you know, and I simply look at everything that's like, I keep, I keep going back because that's the topic that, you know, that's front and center to everybody in this world right now, what's going on in this world, uh, not just the Corona stuff, but, you know, the race relations and stuff. I always think that if, if we only can black or white or Asian or whatever, we just put ourselves in another person's shoes. Like, would you want somebody to call you that word? Would you want somebody to treat you in that manner? You know what I'm saying? And if we all had that ability to just do that, then life would be a lot more simpler. You know, so that's the advice I want to give my kids. Like, just don't find yourself or don't seek or look for yourself in other people. You know, go straight to the Father. And I tell Aiden every day, we read Bible verses at night. Obviously, Cam's one, so she get it when she's old enough. You know, we're in his bed, we're reading Bible verses. And, and, and I'm telling him, you know, every day I make him recite you know, what my job and what my duties are as his father. My job is to introduce you to your real father, you know, as Jesus Christ. You know, I'm not, I'm your heavenly father, you know. I mean, I'm so, oh, I'm not there. I take it back. I'm not your <laughs> heavenly father. I'm your earthly father. You know, we're on bar, we're, we're on bar at time. Yeah, I was feeling myself right there. Now, we're yeah. on bar time. You know, he, he's given me the, the ability to raise you, you know, so I have to introduce you to him. I tell my son, my job is to protect you, introduce you to your father and make a man out of you. Simple as that. That's We're going to keep it that simple. So, you know, I have this little routine that, I like to develop with my son and hopefully he passes on. And, you know, that's just, we keep it real simple, right? Man. You know, we don't, we don't do anything extra. My life is very, very simple. I love it that way. You know, so that, that's kind of what I'll leave on my son. Just again, and my, and my daughter also find yourself, you know, in, in the Lord, don't go to other people because people will disappoint you, you know, uh, and you might not see it as a disappointment at that time. You know, I, I'm sure when coach OB was telling you, he had his, 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 tough way of showing you that hey, PJ you can be an all AC, a- ACC back but he had just a bad way of delivering it at the time you know <laughs> he, had a, he had a horrible way of delivering it you know what I'm saying but he meant well in what he was saying you know what I'm saying and uh, even for me you know when Chan Gailey moved my position he was doing what he knew was best for his position as head coach at the time you know I don't think he had anything personal against me he was doing his job so when we look back and we grow and we go through these experiences, we know that I don't think people just genuinely have it out for another person. You, I don't think there's that much hate in a person that they just want to see another person fail. But to protect my kids and protect what, you know, their journey in life, I always just tell them, like, don't – people will disappoint you. Don't expect it, you know, but know that it will come, you know. And if you don't look for people to, to, to lift you up, you're lifted up by something much deeper than – 
you know, a relationship with a person, but a relationship with Christ, you know, then you'll get through any tough situation again. So that's, that's kind of what I reiterate. And that's what I, that's the, the, the lesson I would give them if I had two days left, two, two, 48 hours left. <laughs> get a man more than 48 hours. <laughs> that, 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 that's a, that's, that's a BJ Daniels question right there. BJ's asked some crazy questions. That's a crazy one right there. <laughs> now, you, now you about to have me go get on my knees and pray so I can make sure I got a long 48 hours. Yo, walking around be real, being real specific about that time. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> you, hey, man, you, you, you got a purpose, and, and you're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon, man. So you got you, you got so. work to do. So you so, don't always be alive. <laughs> sure enough, man. I also want to say this, man. They say brilliance is being able to take – the sometimes the complicated things make them simple or explain them quite simply. And that's exactly what you, not just what you do with your son, you know, with yourself and even the folks that you represent. So I appreciate you doing that for us as well. You know, in Thanks. this, uh, in this conversation, it means an awful lot. I know that, uh, do you have any final thoughts uh, or, you know, Demaris and how can people find you or learn more about you? Are you on social media? I'm on social media. I'm not very active. I'm, I'm, private by nature you know what i'm saying i'm again i'm not really cut out yeah i'm I'm not really cut out for i don't like being in a limelight you know um i like to play dead i like to kind of you know i guess affect those that are around me but i know that i do have a platform and i have to share it you know so i'm getting i'm trying to get a lot more comfortable with speaking and being out you know and and just coming in contact with people you know what i'm saying because i'm i'm a homebody yeah i'm either in the gym or in the yard playing with my kids, you know, that's, that's, again, I keep it very simple, but I am on social media. Um, is it D Bilbo? Is Bilbo eight, you know, Bilbo eight, uh, on Instagram, 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 Bilbo eight. Um, and I try, you know, I have, especially with the partnership with clutch, you know, I have a ton of people that reach out to me about how to be a sports agent, how to get in the industry. Yeah. I welcome all questions. You know, I'm, 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 I try to be full of advice and if I don't have the answer, I try to find it. And, you know, I make it, you know, my goal to answer everybody that has a question because I think it's a privilege to, to have people reach out to me, you know, and, and, and want that advice and try to find their path. And again, putting myself in other people's shoes. If I was to send a message to someone that I looked up to or someone that I saw was doing something well, you know, how would I feel if they didn't respond? You know what I'm saying? So um, that's just who I am, man. I always try to, you know, be that person that somebody can say, hey, I came in contact with that dude. He was solid. You know, he handled every situation, you know, not perfectly, you know, but he handled it with respect and with care and as if it was his own situation. So that's kind of who I am now. Appreciate that big time. Prince, any final Thanks words for you, my man? Not anytime um, and always. Just my final words is, no, that's that's awesome. I like it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so very much again for being here with us, uh, for being transparent and uh, letting us know how we can deliver things in a more simple way to help elevate us to the levels we'd like to live at. So thank you so very much. Those of you all who, who are watching right now, if you know someone uh, who wants to operate at a high level, Game Beyond the Game is the place they should be. So watch this, invite them to watch this as well, because there are certainly some jewels that they can pick up and then do something with those jewels because you all understand that effort on fire beats knowledge on ice. Thank you again for being here, Prince. Thank you for having all of us. As always, have a great one, y'all. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, 
and other programming, check out GameBeyondTheGame.com. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.